0: Movie Film Club. Movie Film Club. Movie Film Club. To get
1: hey, welcome back. It's MCFC Movie Cinema Film Club. We're back for another episode. I'm very excited about this week. We haven't uh, been seeing each other's face as much as we should. And so it's good to be back in the in the chair here. Um, today. We're gonna do the movie all about Eve, which I gave the rating of. Just kidding. Uh, which is starring <laughs> Betty Davis and uh, directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz. Um, this was uh, this was Brit's pick, right? It sure was. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I want to do dailies first because that's what we do. Uh, so, Ian, what was your daily? Thank you for asking, Bo. And I'm
0: also very excited to see you both. I am bouncing out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> the highlight of my last week, uh, I, had a, I had a buddy from San Diego come visit me this past weekend. And, oh, nice. Uh, my friend, Alex, he, can, uh, he knows how to paint a town red. And uh, I don't normally do that. But I found myself this past Friday night. Uh, it was a beautiful night here in Dallas. uh We went out uh, in my neighborhood, had some delicious ramen. He was actually really nice and well he he was very thoughtful and got me some delicious Japanese whiskey, uh which I'm enjoying tonight. Cheers nice and uh long story long, you know we go out and uh, we meet up with some friends of mine and uh these friends wanted to continue the party and they they we went next door to uh because the girls wanted to dance and uh i don't normally do that and i found myself kind of outside a club and i even said uh, is uh where's that music coming from this awful mm mm and they're like oh That's where we're going. I have no desire to do any of this. So, but I found myself embracing my inner Zorba the Greek. I accepted where I was in this position. And I thought, well, I'm here. Let's make the most of it. And you know what? I ended up dancing all night with this beautiful gal and having a tremendously fun time. And I think it's a good reminder kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone. Try new things and uh it's okay, kind of be okay with it. And I'm not a very good dancer, but I just committed to it. I committed and I had so much fun and it was a great night. And I don't normally do that. I, I was like looking around at all these young people in their early twenties. I'm like, I'm definitely the old guy here, but I'm having so much fun and it was a great night. So
1: that's awesome.
2: I like that a lot. Um yeah. I
1: will I I will say that like Hearing you speak of that story, like the way that you told it, you seemed like an old man. you seemed like like not even like your age old, but like you seemed like a ninety year old man who's like, these kids these days, with their bumping music and their thriving midsections, it's like, okay, calm down calm, yeah, yeah, but I had fun, so what do you know?
0: <laughs> I popped well, I did yeah. pop three Viagra and a couple uh yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: he's like uh he's like you know the pop drop and (laughs) drop i I popped three viagra i shot two vials of blood thinner in my mouth and i went to the dance club are you
0: trying to pop drop and lock
1: Uh, it (laughs) bro yeah yeah yeah, that's what i i I didn't even know it doesn't help my case when i don't get it right um (laughs) pretty yes uh, what's your uh what is your daily
2: <laughs> well uh this was just a such a small snippet of my week but it got me very excited and uh it sort of involves kind of going back to the roots of this very podcast which uh, back in the formative days before it was a podcast when it was just like hey we're three people who are in quarantine and wanting to watch more movies let's uh put some form on that you know um a big part of that was wanting to dive more into the criterion collection and you know we've watched throughout our time doing this a wide variety of movies criterion and otherwise um and i realized it had been a while since i opened that app on my tv and i went in there the other day and uh just went on the deepest of dives and And spent a a ton of time looking into different collections, exploring directors that I want to see more of, actors I want to see more of, adding a bunch of things to my list, some of which I'm sure will be coming to future episodes. But basically I just like spent, uh, you know, a good chunk of my evening going through Criterion and getting super fucking stoked about a bunch of films that I want to watch and will watch very soon so that's this, awesome this daily is that's to awesome. be continued
0: well oh. well yeah. brit i got good news for you you might have uh it might be coming sooner than you think of this next upcoming coming attractions uh
2: oh. <laughs> <see you> in- <laughs> spoilers okay hey, uh
1: yeah i was gonna say we don't we don't we don't do spoilers here actually Jeez. we only do spoilers the podcast.
2: you shouldn't be listening um, unless you like spoilers that's awesome yeah
1: excited to see excited yeah. to see what you find definitely what's uh um, what's going
2: on with your daily Bo?
1: You know, my daily is just, um, so I took on a job a couple of years ago with a company called character, Japan. I probably talked about it and it's why I go to Japan a lot. Um, and it's been such an awesome journey to be able to not only just go travel to Japan, but to work with a, a company that truly believes in my vision. And so my daily today is that I was, um, I was commissioned by them as part of my job with them to recreate their logo, mm. and it wasn't even something that they said they wanted. I just said, I feel like your logo needs an update, and it needs to represent your company more, and to the to, I mean, the owner, Kage, is so awesome. He was just like, I trust you 100%. Just tell me what, how much do you want to charge me, and then just do it, and then <laughs> It was just so, so awesome. So today was the day that I actually presented my final ideas to the entire company of like a hundred employees on a zoom call. And so I did a whole presentation. I put it out there. I, I presented all my ideas and why I did what I did. And. They were just so awesome about it. They just, like, got excited, and people were, like, everyone was on silent, but they were, like, clapping (laughs) and, like, this is amazing, you know, cho kawaii, which means, like, super cute, and they were just going wild for it, and it just made me feel like, ah, I love, you know, it is nice to be a freelancer, but it's awesome to be part of a group. You know, it's, it's awesome to be part of a a company. Like I am their creative director. So by all means, I'm in their company and I get to hear what's going on and help them guide the next thing. But it's so awesome when you meet somebody, especially the owner of a company who hears your ideas and goes, actually, I just trust you. Just do it. Just do the thing that you think is right. And that's hard to find in this day and age in, in any industry for someone to go like, I trust you. You don't have to answer to me. Just do what you think is right. Because what you've done in the past, I trust, and and, and I, would, I just made me feel so good that like I presented it, they loved it, we're on the same page, and now we're gonna go forward with this idea. And uh, so, yeah, I just uh, I'm just excited to be able to be in a situation like that. So that's that's my deal is just being, I guess, accepted in a group of people, which I need. I need people. I can't do it all alone, you know. We all need people. So we need people.
2: Yeah. Connection, man.
1: Um, that's awesome. Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, That's so, amazing. thanks. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, let's get into this shit. Let's 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 start the film or reel the reel or whatever they say. Eat some popcorn and watch a flick. Uh, this week we're talking about All About Eve, directed by Joseph Mankiewicz and starring Betty Davis, and also what is it? Ann Baxter, George Sanders, Celeste Holm, uh, Brit. Yes. This is your little baby. Why don't you birth it?
2: It is my little baby. Um, This is my baby. And here is my summary of this baby. You can always put that award where your heart ought to be. Slow curtain. The end. <laughs> and I would like to start this baby with Ian's opinion of all about Eve. Well, thank I you, Britt.
0: That. I love the uh, I love the summary, pretty encapsulating. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the return of the mink. Uh, we've been waiting. Return of the, the mink. Oh Here it is. Return of the mink. So I'm gonna do something a little different, and Let's I'm start gonna with the ask. You, no, I'm gonna poem. start with a trivia question, Ooh. and this is not trivia. Whoa. But I know you both no are big no points. fans of sports. Which former NBA superstar <laughs> uh hold yourself together Brit. I know. Sorry. You are... I almost did
2: a, a real spit take. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah, I mean you're basically a walking ESPN. But Yeah. Which former NBA superstar and scoring leader had the nickname Mr. Basketball? Any guesses? No. I,
1: I, what? I mean, I I I, I can only imagine that it has something with the, the word mank in it or mankowitz. I'm Mankiewicz so m- confused. No, because he's trying to connect it to this film. So mm. it's 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 probably a, some mankowitz guy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to guess mankowitz.
0: I'll go no. with Michael Jordan. Right. Okay. You might think <laughs> Michael Jordan. You might think sure. LeBron James. However... The nickname for Mr. Basketball was George Mikan. You don't know who George Mikan is? That's right. He was like the best basketball player in the 40s and 50s. And the reality is, there's a whole point to all this, is that if George Mikan played today, he would not make a roster. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a huge basketball fan, and this is all related to All About Eve. And when we talk about George Mikan, he's like, yeah, I mean they were playing and operating on a completely different set of rules. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be really mindful of this with 1950s all about Eve. Does this movie hold up today? Absolutely not. And no, I mean I think in terms of comparing it to modern cinema, uh, it it feels like you're watching a bunch of old white guys like shoot a basketball underhand. And you know, <laughs> it just is so uh, out of a different era. But does that make it bad? Should it be compared to its peers of its time? I'm trying to be mindful of that when I talk about All About Eve. Uh, that being said, I did not like this movie. Do I think Betty Davis was good? Yeah. Did I think sneaky Marilyn Monroe was funny? I was like, yeah, Who? Is- and I didn't... I had no idea that was Marilyn Monroe, actually, until after the Stole fact.
1: Stole the show. Stole the show. Stole the show. And yeah. I, Stole that moment, anyway. Yeah, and she might have
0: been a highlight for me, but I guess I found, and when I say, like, the style of the time, this movie, to me, felt like it was a showcase for the screenwriter, Joseph Mankiewicz, brother with Herman Mankiewicz, writer of Citizen Kane, and just, like, he's showing, the script is very showy, erudite, dialogue that people don't fucking talk like this it's all like these like witty one-liner and zingers like hop aboard the train boys this train's going out of the station i'm getting loaded tonight whatever uh, betty davis carroll says sure. right
2: it's gonna be a so, bumpy right. night
0: but it's gonna be a- uh there are there are strong pieces to this and i'm gonna you know obviously i just want to hear from both of you but i guess my bigger issue with this script and this story It's like, what's the main point? There's a lot of subplots. There's a variety of plots. We have like the aging actress, like the cutthroatedness of the young up-and-comer. But then there's like other subplots of like domesticity versus career. You have other angles of like, there's a lot of pot shots at like Hollywood. It's like theater is a pure art, but there's a lot of like (laughs) points being made. But I don't know if any of them are a main point. And then I just kind of leave this movie like, who gives a shit? What, like, what is this really about? And I would love to hear you both jump in. Uh, but I am trying to evaluate all about Eve amongst its contemporaries, which also in 1950, you have Sunset Boulevard, which we've watched. Mm-hmm. You have Rashomon. You have a lot of other movies that came out in that year and in that time frame that I'm like,
1: how did this win Best Picture? So. Well, well, Okay. Yeah, I'm done. No, jump in, please. I, uh, I wanted to say I, I would say Sunset Boulevard is a better picture, directed by Billy Wilder, who's a better director. But Betty Davis does a better job in this film acting I than uh, I, I can't remember what but, that woman's name was in Sunset Boulevard. But like, but I think that's because and sunset boulevard just to compare she's almost like a caricature she's almost like this like intense like character i was gonna say betty davis Davis was given
2: yeah she was given a better character to play so of course she did a better job yeah
1: i actually i actually uh i have to disagree with you on a lot of levels here ian because i did like this film and for the same reason that you didn't like it which was like (laughs) it feels like it doesn't you know, it wouldn't hold up today, but it's like it, it did kind of hold up because whenever I watch a film from the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, 20s, whatever it is. Right. Um, I have to understand that this was made in that time. It wasn't made today. It's not going to hold up next to, you know, whatever wins the Oscar. Maybe this year, it's going to be a different film with different devices, different equipment, different styles of acting you know there was that time when you know you watch glengarry glengarry glenn Glenn ross and it's like the way the script is written the way the actors are acting they're not acting in a way that would fit in any other film than that film it's just like it's like people don't talk like that they don't talk like that but in this film we accept it right back then i feel like this this film was acted fine there was no point that i was like this is super cheesier this is so unbelievable i actually felt like it was really relatable especially with the concept of an aging actress or an aging anybody you know in this world feeling like oh i let these people in because you know she let this girl in because she her ego needed it right her ego needs this like uh this cushion a little bit somebody to, to like fawn all over her but then the minute that person becomes their own for whatever bad reasons, especially in this film, my goodness. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, then you realize like, do I want this as bad as these other people wanted? I've been fighting like this. And then at one point she just gives up. I mean, she doesn't even take the film or the the role in Cora or is it Cora Cor- or Cora?
2: Cora. Cora.
1: And and she's like, you know what? I don't even want it. I don't even want it. I'm not that person anymore. I need to grow out of this. I need to evolve. And so that that story, it really is her story. The the character of um, Eve is like almost like it, it just is. It's needed to show us the story of Betty Davis's character, right, Margot. Um, but I mean, I felt like i'm kind of scattering all over here but like sounds I felt like, like the movie film <clears throat> well <laughs> i don't think that's true i don't think that's true i thought this was a very clear-cut story i thought it had uh some twists and turns and some of the things i didn't see coming and some of them i absolutely did but ultimately everyone did a great job and there w- it was it did have this like uh not not a whodunit but like it kind of felt like a whodunit like oh what's gonna happen next it's like can you imagine at that time in the 50s like like this film was probably very like wow that's really amazing this is like a an ocean's 11 of the time you know (laughs) like ooh, that's exciting you know um i i liked all the characters um They did a good job. The one thing I would say about um Ann Baxter's character, sometimes I felt like the way that she spoke, it felt like she was almost the villain automatically. Because like just the way she did everything she said was so breathy and sort of like and I was like, okay, well, you're you're definitely the bad guy, you know. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, wow, if this film was if if this film was shot today. It would be like she would be a serial killer. <laughs> I mean that's what it would be. It'd be single it'd be single wife female, which this is kind of it. This is kind of single wife female uh uh from the 90s and and now it's a, this is like the story of like someone really like being so obsessed they want to take over a person's life. It's the talented Mr. Ripley. It's it's so many this story has been told so many times. But I I didn't feel in any way that this this telling of the story was cheesy or not interesting or bad. I actually found it to be quite entertaining. Britt.
2: Yes. um, I think I am aligning much more with Bo this week. It actually made me a little sad that you didn't enjoy this, Ian. Um, I really liked it a lot. And, to kind of come back to what Bo was saying about like things that were surprising and then things that weren't like, you know, this is set up very Christopher Nolan style, right? Like you're star- you know, that Eve becomes a star because of the first eight seconds of this movie. Right. But sure. I, this from the opening scene, the way it was narrated, the way it was written, like I was sitting there like smiling ear to ear One, because I knew exactly the type of old Hollywood that I was about to step into, which I fucking love. And also just sort of like giddy with anticipation of like, I already know where this is going to go, but like I can't wait. To get there, and like so, it's like yeah, I already knew like sort of the general scope of like what the story was gonna mm-hmm. be, but then there were within that, like Bo was saying, like there were little moments that I was like, oh, like I didn't see that coming, and I really liked this sort of like the changing of of the guard of like manipulation throughout. Like you almost like even though like I think you're right, but like, um, and I think this was just like a sign of the time, but like Eve very much the way that her character was portrayed it was like okay yeah you're you're presenting a cute face but like you're clearly gonna be a backstabbing mm-hmm. bitch in the end um but even knowing that i think that like birdie uh came yes. off like kind of harsh in the beginning like yes even if eve they does turn out to you. be evil yeah you're just kind of like yep. whoa birdie like chill the fuck out like give her I a think, chance, I think you that know? Ca-
1: I think that character of birdie was like really intentional and very smart because it made birdie look like she was wrong because there was nothing at that point that uh, Eve had done to make it feel like there was something off. Really? Not really. She just like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And so you almost think that it's jealousy Mm -hmm. because you think like, Oh, birdie's just jealous. Yeah. But I mean, also, can I just say like, Birdie, uh, Thelma Ritter, that actress, like she's only that part for the rest of her life. Like she plays that part. Oh, I mean, she she played that same part in uh, uh, fucking Rear Window. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She, Holy she's shit. She's the same. She's literally the same character in Rear Window. All oh, that poor. And woman. it's like she's like she, she's like ah see yeah, yeah. oh. Well, I do a little snarky thing. And then you say that and they go, right. ah, what are you talking about? And then you're like, she's always right. She's <laughs> always right. Uh, but yeah, they did a great job of doing that.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Like in the beginning, it almost seems like birdie is trying to manipulate Margot out of jealousy right like she's trying to like be like don't trust this eve character because i want you all to myself and like the way that all of this manipulation throughout the movie kind of morphs and turns and twists i really enjoyed that um i'm sorry ian but i fucking love the dialogue of course nobody talks like that that's why we watch mm-hmm. movies like this is like mm-hmm. this to me is like the epitome of that like snappy snarky witty funny old hollywood fucking shit that just is like it's amazing because nobody talks that way but it's like when you have Uh, when you have an interaction with someone and you say some stupid shit and then five minutes later you're like oh actually i could have said whatever it's like this movie is nothing but saying the absolute best thing in every single moment Mm -hmm. and I fucking love that Um, I also—I
1: was gonna write down I'm sorry sorry I was just gonna say I I was gonna write down some uh, Betty Davis quotes but I'm like everything she said in this entire movie is like a nice snappy quote yeah everything everything
2: but I mean it's not even just her I just feel like across the board like there are so many like sick burns Mm -hmm. and like amazing fucking one-liners and like I just I was Mm -hmm. cracking up the entire time Especially knowing that this is in 1950. And like, uh, I think we talked about uh, this a little bit in All Night Long, where it's like there was that one character where it was just like, oh my God, everything out of your mouth is fucking amazing. And I feel like the women in this movie were really given the upper hand. And the fact mm-hmm. that this, what, like, if you hadn't told me the year, uh, I would have been like, oh, this was obviously directed by a woman. Because like, what male director and writer at that time. Would give women this much fucking amazingness to work with, Ian, please.
0: I, I, I'm pushing way back on that point because I really I have a note that's like, this is an Ivy League frat party. Like, because the women have the upper hand, but then Betty Davis' character, like, you know what? I just want to get married and like be a housewife. You know, like, yes. You know and what?
2: I, I, uh, I was going all... to speak on that as well. Yes.
0: You know what, if you want to succeed in Hollywood, you kind of need to sleep with the producer. Hey, hey, beautiful Marilyn Rogue, go flirt with that guy. Hey, uh George Hunter's like I own you. The like the critic's character is like I own you now. You are mine. So it's mm-hmm. like they might have the witty one-liners, but then it's also the playwright's wife is like just that woman that's like my husband's everything. All the women are kind of it's almost yeah. the sad, and that's why I brought up like the career versus domesticity of the sadness of Betty uh, Davis's character. Of like, yeah, I just, I just want to get married. There's nothing wrong with that, but it was also it felt very gendered, 1950s what if it, Americana. Like, go in the house and like. But
1: what if that is just? What if that is just accurate representation of the times?
0: Well, that was sure, what, that's what I of it
1: being. And
0: that's fine. I just don't think, like, the women have the upper hand in this movie. Well,
2: no, I was speaking strictly on dialogue that, like, I just, all of the, like, snappy, snarky hilarity was kind of being held by the women. But I do agree with you completely, and this was one of my other notes, was that it was really interesting to me, especially the scene where they're stuck in the car after they run out of gas, this whole monologue about like what it means to be a woman and this other job that you have and how you all, you know, are you even a woman if you turn around at six o'clock and he's not there and all of that shit. Like it's very telling of the time. Right. But I also sure. think like as much as that is, it like feels cringeworthy now, I think it's kind of like, surprising to hear such honesty of what like even though it feels like wrong like to hear somebody mm. laying that out in such a matter-of-fact way at that time I was kind of surprised by and like yeah it's like every woman in this movie is just sort of like oh I can't get that man well I'll have this man oh are you looking at her oh I just want to you know it's like it's very like ugh, ugh, that's a good that's a good that department that's a good Anne <laughs>
0: Baxter. Yeah, it was very breathy. It was very.
2: Oh, you so mean? Then, I can't get, I, I can't get Bill. Well, then in that case, uh, um, yeah. And so then, I, a good
1: Lloyd. And that, then I followed my husband all to San Francisco. Is, is
2: very gross. And I got
0: but... the, I got the memo, and the memo said, <laughs> it was from the United States government and I anyway sorry
2: oh my god was oh I thought you were just telling us a quote um so (laughs) I
1: so wow so so Ian really hated this film he really didn't like it
0: I I I had seen this movie years ago this is a rewatch you did yeah it's a rewatch I'm so sorry to put you through this twice (laughs) and again and I know at the on at the jump I truly am trying to assess this and compare this movie to other movies of its time like i'm not judging it based on you know the cinematography or the sound design of 2022 but there's a lot of things i I guess i'm coming down hard on this movie because it won best picture at the academy awards Mm. you know i think it's an inferior movie to sunset boulevard i do i think
1: but sunset boulevard came out
0: years later no it was 1950 same year
2: same year yeah the same year same year same
0: awards they were nominated same, the same year. Same
2: best actress noms. Mm. And yeah. do
0: I agree with, that's where I'm like, do I agree with you that Betty Davis did a superior job? Yes, I do. This was kind of like, from a little that I read, you know, kind of a, a very career defining role for her. That like, mm-hmm. she's awesome in this role of the meta. You yeah. are that aging actress that's aging out of Hollywood. Yeah. Like she's great in this role. Yeah. I just think Billy Wilder. I agree verbatim with you that while there's a better director and like a better like screenwriter and it's i i think i'm just coming down higher because i'm like ah this just feels a little (sighs) it appeals to a mainstream audience there's nothing wrong with that i just don't think there's anything particularly special with it that it's a fine picture Hmm. and i'm sure a lot of people loved it but that's why i'm coming maybe i'm coming so harsh on it
2: i think um... You're, you're
1: mad about it you're mad about its its accolades
2: but also, I so mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, think about, think about all what always wins best picture. It is the crowd yeah. pleaser. It's not necessarily the best movie. That's so rare. I feel like Parasite that's why, was the last yeah, was time that I truly was like, oh yep. my God, this actually was the best picture. Like yep. that almost never happens. So yeah. It never happens. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm also Fair. just not surprised. Um Fair. On that topic, I thought it was interesting the uh, two things about the Oscars of that year. Um, one, apparently, um, Anne Baxter lobbied super hard to be put in the best actress category, oh. even though by definition, she was more of a supporting actress. Um, and a lot of people think that that kind of like split the votes because it was her, betty davis uh gloria swanson who was the actress in uh sunset Uh, boulevard uh and somebody else that we don't care about eleanor parker i don't know her um but uh the woman that won was judy holiday in born yesterday and uh, i don't know who's seen that movie not me but it's kind of amazing that We have these two amazing actresses from all about Eve, Gloria Swanson, whose name we now know from Sunset Boulevard. And I think this is a case of just like, you know, they all probably were like neck and neck. And because the vote was so split, it just was like, well, but now it goes to this person. Um, So so
1: what you're saying is Anne Baxter was really a lot like Eve she was saying.
2: apparently yes she she was a real life eve yeah. and betty davis was a real life Margot. <laughs>
1: like a, a real life betty davis yeah
2: and this also still holds the record for the most female acting nominations from a single film uh at four they had two for best actress, four. two for best actress and two for best supporting um oh. with our friends Karen and Bertie supporting and then of course even Margo. Bertie
1: got Bertie
2: got a yeah. best supporting. I know, right she probably wow, had, she like the, 3 minutes she, of screen time.
1: <laughs> they were really stretching. They were stre- it was just
2: Hey, you know, she this brought is it. Uh,
1: what Ian was talking about. It's just like it's a man's world, you know. It, everyone was men and then then Bertie was there and like, well, we need five, so yeah. let's get yeah, Bertie. Well,
2: in no,
0: but to circle to my earlier point, it's like yeah, the Boston Celtics won, like, 11 NBA championships. There was, like, eight teams in the NBA. It's like, yeah, there's uh, six pictures going up to the Academy Awards this year. Uh, right. Yeah. Who was in All About Eve? <laughs> Just nominate them all. Like, nominate them all. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, okay, um, but this is, this is a, one question uh, I have for both yeah. of you. Like, who's yeah. – I guess this is my biggest struggle and issue with the film. The movie is titled All About Eve. Is this movie about Eve Harrington? Or is this movie about Margot Channing? Like,
1: whose story yes. is it? Yeah. yeah, yes to both. Yes, yes. To both. and I guess
0: I don't care about either. To me, it's like they negate wow. each other. I don't know. I just feel like I
1: don't really really. I feel like. Well, I feel like the I. I feel like Margot was on her own journey, but then Eve came along, and so then it became all about Eve. Hmm. In a sense, it was like from the, the from where we pick up day one, it all becomes about what Eve is and how that affects so many people and so mm-hmm. many relationships. And so I don't think it's wrong to call it all about Eve because I do feel like every character is touched in some way by her choices, her movements. And I, yeah, I mean, and I would go back to the, the the, the final part of the film when, um, Uh, George Sanders is talking, who did an amazing job, who has an amazing, like, looming, like, persona um, as Addison DeWitt. I feel like, finally, I felt like all of Eve's garbage was kind of like, I got you, I got you, like, DeWitt gets her and understands it, and it's like, I feel like that's the moment that it becomes not about Eve after that. But I think the whole movie is about what she does and how that affects everybody else and how they're sort of like put on defense in many ways. Mm -hmm.
2: And I was going to say, I feel like the title also kind of reflects this idea and like, uh, Margot says this at the dinner table toward the end she's like i just want to have a happy night or what you know we're celebrating i don't want to talk about eve i you know she said i think to bill like can i have a wedding present i, I don't want mm-hmm. to hear about eve anymore right but then she immediately launches into immediately. talking about eve a bunch more yep. and i think it's this idea that like it's a like, lot even when it's not about eve it's still about eve and like somebody I like agree. Margo, especially it's like even in her attempt to be like, let's move on. I don't want to think about that. She still is so hyper focused on obsessed. exactly that obsessed. thing. yeah well,
1: well, here's the thing. It's like what happens is, is you've got this character who's obsessed with Margot, and then Margot becomes obsessed with Eve, right obsessed with they can't help it. they can't help it. they're just like consumed with. With what's happening, even in the moment where uh Eve writes a note and sends it to the uh, the the one character, I, f- Karen. I forget what her name is, Karen. It says what a a in the Karen. bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> 2022. Um, <laughs> but but she can't. But everyone at the tables like is so obsessed with the idea of like, well, we'd love to hear what she has to mm-hmm. say. What's going on, Karen? Go in there and tell them you'd like to speak to their manager. But like, um. <laughs> Yeah, go in there and find out, and then come back and report, kind of thing. Everything is about Eve. Everyone is consumed with Eve and what she's doing. So I don't think that's I don't think that's a a mistake at all.
2: Well, you know, it's about to be a mistake. Ian's rating of Ratings. all about Eve. <laughs> Where did you well, put this, Ian? Um,
0: I. Gave this movie.
2: <laughs>
1: I love it. He's already—he's so worried. He's worried in his own shoes. Tell us. I admit that I slightly bumped
0: my score after hearing your arguments, but I still give this recommend. movie a six point eight. Mm. Okay,
2: that's not okay. Well, that's not—that's not, not Ian Pick territory, so I'm not upset by that um wow (laughs) all about (laughs) bread
1: okay fine
2: just all all about just all about good film bo what did you Uh, rate all about eve
1: okay i want to be really clear here i did like this film on many levels my rating system is completely based on did i feel something and i give I give high ratings to films that, like, really make me feel something, okay? Um, that being said, this film didn't make me feel anything necessarily, uh, but I did think it was a good film. It just didn't touch my heart, you know okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this film an 8.5. Okay. And I say that with with the understanding of, like it is a good film. I would recommend it. It's a great film for, I feel like this film is great for, general audiences just sort of going like, Hey, if there's a classic, if there's a classic film, check this one out, check it out. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, Rear window. It's good. You'll enjoy it. These are safe films. You know, I wouldn't send somebody on a journey to go like check out Eraserhead because I think that it'd be like, Oh, maybe, maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you're not, you're not going to enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, so 8.5 is my rating.
2: Okay. Nice. Um, I will say quickly, I didn't uh, get to this before because I had to combat so much of what Ian said, but um, I did feel like in the third act, this lost a little bit of steam um, and and maybe could have been like tightened up a tad. It's a it's a minor complaint, but like it was a thing that I was like, eh, all right, all right. Um, I, I do agree with you, Bo. My rating would have been higher if this had Elicited some sort of feeling other than laughter and appreciation of snarky bullshit. Um, but I did right. very much enjoy it. I thought the acting was great. The script is great. Um, I also gave it an 8.5. Um, and Ian, go fuck yourself. That's all.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Ian. <laughs> is... Don't you shake your head. <laughs>
2: Don't you shake
0: your head, Ian. Y'all are being way too nice. Okay, uh, y'all. Oh, no.
2: Okay,
1: y'all. No, it's fall, y'all. No, these, these, oh, ra- no,
2: you ra- all, you
1: all are actually ratings. being too nice. No, uh, hey,
0: uh, I mean, you almost, re- your words like reflected my rating. We're like, I didn't feel anything about this movie. Like, how does that get it to no, an 8.5? No, 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 Hold no, no,
2: on. No, no. You're oversimplifying our beauty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I said was, what I said was that films that get a 10 or a nine uh-huh. are films like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which really made me feel something Mm -hmm. like, really, like, made me in like almost like emote in some way. Um, and I think this film didn't do that, but it wasn't a bad film, so I'm giving it an 8.5. Right, you're saying, you're saying. Hi, my name is Ian. I don't have any good taste in movies. And so I'm going to give it a 6.5. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of feel like this
2: for me, this rating was like this movie did a lot of things technically well and it was very entertaining, but like it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like to get into like the nines and the 9.5s, it's like you have to also have that element of I felt something. This was very impactful in whatever way. Um, and it, it didn't do that. Me. So. It moved, right? Me. No, yeah. I
0: mean it's fine. We we can disagree. We can agree to disagree. I appreciate good art, and you guys just like you know basic CSI by Abby uh,
2: series. Okay, wow. <laughs> so wow. I just want to be entertained. Um, on that note, are you <laughs> yeah. all ready for some trivia?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm ready for trivia. Let's do it. Let's do you it. You all. Please
2: <laughs>
0: Please tell me it deals with George Bikin. Please tell me it deals with George Bikin.
2: I think you covered that ground, Ian. So unfortunately, (sighs) no. But uh, here we go. We're going to do some trivia anyway. Not about sports at all, because this is a movie, cinema, and film podcast. Uh, (laughs) And as always, I'm going to ask two questions. The first one is worth one point. The second worth two. And here we go with question one. All About Eve received a record 14 Oscar nominations, a number that is yet to be surpassed, but has been tied twice, most recently in 2016 by La La Land. What 90s film also received 14 nominations? Oh, (sighs) That's, that's, that's
1: a good question.
0: Saving Private Ryan.
2: <sighs> incorrect. I think that was like early two thousands, wasn't it? I think it, it
0: was two thousand one. Yeah, I think. As oh I said, shit. It, okay. I was...
2: Yeah. Oh. oh. We had. A, we had an almost right bow. <laughs> I'm. I'm
1: shooting from the hip here. I don't know that this even came out in the nineties. You said, mm-hmm. is it the
2: English patient? Ooh, I think it may have, but that is incorrect. Uh, wow. I'm really surprised you didn't get this, bow. The correct answer from 1997 is Titanic.
0: I know. Uh, oh. It seemed too obvious. It seemed. It seemed uh, too obvious. And that's why
2: it's right. Because the Oscars are bullshit.
0: <laughs> ah, we sh- We sh- we we, we both could do better. We both could do it. Yeah. <laughs> we could do better. I, really, I, I do honestly,
2: better. when I first wrote it, I was gonna put the year, in, and then I was like, "There's no way they're gonna know because it's '97. fucking Titanic." Oh well, well you for didn't
1: you say '97. You said '90s. Right. So that's why I, I was that's like, different. "That's too
2: specific. Yeah. It's too easy." That's why I made it '90s. <sighs> yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I, you know, we, okay. this isn't Titanic a gimme. This things. isn't
2: a gimme show. Here, it was gettable, but you know, I'm not gonna give it to you. Okay. Question. Two, award-winning actress Anne Baxter was the granddaughter of what famous American architect and designer? Famous? We only have so many, you guys. Famous American architect Ian. Frank Lloyd Wright. You are correct.
1: <laughs> oh, who knows things about design? Ian does, <laughs> Bo does it. Certainly I'm not. Like, hey. <laughs> you just picked the most obvious, the most obvious architect, the only architect you know.
2: Yeah, and so also the correct my, answer. I, so I, totally re- gettable.
0: Can I re record my daily? So, my daily is as an <laughs> expert on
2: design that's, and as a that's student for next of week, design yeah yeah oh my gosh
1: you guys want to do a bonus trivia question
2: oh um sure well i'll edit it out if i I don't like the results
1: no it's fine um because I, i i think pointage wise i'm super far ahead yeah right yeah so i was thinking why don't i give you guys an extra credit one point Uh, trivia question. Let's go. I guess, are you guys down? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, George Sanders, who plays the role of Addison DeWitt, has quite the specific voice. What major character from a Walt Disney cartoon did George Sanders play? Ooh. Go ahead, Ian.
0: Uh, oh, I just totally. Well, I'm completely
1: incorrect. The Grinch. Okay. <laughs> That's not even a Walt Disney cartoon. I Thank know. Thank you for trying. Okay. Uh, 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 Brittany.
2: Ooh, boy. My brain's not going to any of the right places. Um,
1: ooh. <sighs> That's
2: not old enough. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I gotta am going something. to say. Yes. Oh my God! Every, I'm sorry. It's like every uh, Disney movie I think of is from the 90s.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like Scar from Lion King. Yeah, no.
2: Um, the um. I think we're out of time. One of one of the birds from <laughs> Three Amigos.
1: Okay. Wow. So, so wow. I think I think both of you I think both of you are wrong. Uh, So from the moment that George Sanders opened his mouth as the character, Addison DeWitt, I was like, holy fuck, that is definitely 100% Shere Khan from the Jungle Book. And it is.
2: Oh my God.
1: The tiger from the Jungle Book, Shere Khan, the main villain of the thing is in fact George Sanders. And he's
2: still the same fucking character. He's exactly the Dude, same. he is. Just instead of and honestly you know, typing, he's when just- I was
1: Liz. When I was every time he opened his mouth, I just felt I, I saw him like, like, like flexing his little paw with the nails coming out. It's so amazing. He's, That's he's really frustrated. They were they were one hundred percent right to cast him yes. as Shere Khan. Uh, he's so perfect for it. Damn. So anyway that's nobody got the point i tried i tried but
2: that's very exciting information to have and i appreciate yeah the addition
1: honestly um, if you if you watch the jungle book again it's actually it's a great mo- movie and it's a very short it's not that long i don't think i've ever seen the jungle book oh my god it is the story of your life dude <laughs> You're just a, you're just a, you're just a man cub. You're just a man cub trying to get out there into the man village. You know what I mean? You, you just, just watch it. Just watch it. Wait, okay. So I think you should watch village
2: it. Dallas or? No, no.
1: It's just like you know. Th- no, that's uh, actually Dallas is, um, is the, the fucking what's his uh, Tim Allen. Uh... No, it's King Louie. King Louie King Louis is the Dallas. Uh, I want to be like you. Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind okay. of thing. Okay. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll do anyway, it for extra credit. Uh, I'll watch it. Hey, listen. I mean, you watch Soul, and we haven't talked about that. We'll get to that later. Um, that was all about Eve. This is MCFC. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. You guys have any
2: final thoughts on any of this? My final thought is only just the same one we always have.
1: Is it? How about you, Ian? It's the same thought as I always have, Bo. You know what? I'm having that same thought too. So, in true form of the MCFC, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you.
0: All right. Well, I'm very excited for next week's films uh, for our coming attractions. So, I wanted to lighten things up a little bit and really explore the Criterion Collection because it's so overlooked. And so next week, I've selected 1967's Playtime, directed by Jacques Tati. Uh, Have a little fun with this one and embrace Playtime. Can't wait.
1: Movie Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at club at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Schoaf, Brittany Everett, and me, Beau Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing thanks for listening and we'll see you next time